Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you to Christo. How we kept that going, I'll never know this morning. How we kept it going. What a trooper. And then he says at the end of it, because it takes him forever to clear up my street. Now, I'm, I'm quite a tidy person. I sort of travel fairly light. He's got clothes... God knows what's been going on in here. Like an orgy, I should imagine. Clothes strewn all over the floor. Flak jackets. It's like the army have been through here on an assault course. Bags of food and th- newspapers and comics and colouring-in books. And, and you think to yourself... How do you travel like this? And he says to me, he said, he said I think you're, you're due to take me out for lunch. As if, as if it's going to happen. So I've humoured him. I've said, yeah, yeah. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll do a Friday. I thought, anything for a bit of peace and quiet. So he thinks we're going out for lunch. So don't, for God's sake, on, when, you, when he's next up, don't email go, Steve Allen said this about because he's already left the building, so it's fine. He, he won't know. At the moment, he thinks in two weeks' time on a Friday, we're going for lunch. <laughs> April Fool. <laughs> so it's not, but he, don't, he doesn't know that. Because I've, I've taken other people here out uh, out for lunch. Some memorable, some very expensive, some not too memorable. <laughs> the last time we did Joe Allen's, it was £550, I think, which was just your average lunch. <sighs> Only for four of us. Only because I didn't realise until we got there, the producer's an alcoholic. I had no idea. She must have hollow legs. She pours it. We did have every... Di- yeah, but I, th- I don't think that you rack up the bill at Joe Allen's on the, uh, on the boot. You, you don't rack it up on puddings. You rack it up on booze. I mean... I mean, the little... I mean, well, who was drinking cocktails? I wasn't. Sam Sam Pittis was drinking cocktails like there was no tomorrow, and he doesn't drink. Two wine gums, and he falls all over the place. <laughs> minutes wages, they've said. Two minutes, OK, two. It's coming up to the festive season. Anyway, in the jungle, they're not actually there yet. Nobody's looking forward to meeting Jordan. Poor soul, honestly. You do, you do worry a little bit for her. She's been to America... And according to one of the papers, she's had Botox and hair extensions. She's going to look even more frightful than she does normally. And so she's going out there, not for 450000 not for 250000 but uh, she's been to America, they say, to do a TV show. They don't know who she is. They have no idea. And, uh, and then she's going to go out to the jungle, I think just to do an appearance. Nobody wants to see her. Colin and Justin, we don't like them either have said that uh, they don't want to see her again. She was so rude last time. But she's like that all the time. She's a bit ignorant. She thinks she's being terribly clever. She thinks if she starts banding money around, people think, you know, money is the answer to everything. So if you say, I'm getting 450000 people go, oh, does that make you special? No, it just means you're a compulsive liar, which she is, of course. Colleen was out on the town, uh, and that was good news. And I, I said before, just before the news, it was good news that they have axed wife swap and how clean is your house. It had run out of steam Ages ago. I've got a few other ideas this morning of which they can axe programmes left, right and centre. I can think of a few on the BBC that we can axe. Anything that's got uh, Colleen on ITV we can axe. Because frankly, I mean, nobody's interested in this vacuous old chipmunk who can't present programmes for love nor money. I think you could probably... Could pro- what else could we axe on the television? I was watching something the other day and I remember thinking we should, we should definitely axe the Jeremy Carl show. It's just full of foul-mouthed people who don't deserve to be in the real world with anybody at all. And, oh, I was right. I was right. I knew I, I was, because I'd seen the running order, when uh, somebody wrote into me and said, oh, I bet you've got egg on your face. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't, but you have, because Robbie did not sing with Take That. There was no big reunion at all. In fact, Take That opened the show, and, uh, and then they introduced Robbie. And then we get, I think uh, Gary said, oh, here's our... Good friend, uh, Robbie Williams. And that was it. No reunion, which, of course, we knew all the time there was going to be no reunion because they don't need him. Why would you want somebody who spends most of his time in rehab and who effectively killed all the Take That fans? 99% of the Take That fans in a recent survey on their website said they didn't want Robbie back. Thank you very much indeed. 
weren't remotely interested. So that's good news, isn't it? Uh, anyway, Channel 4 have uh, announced, Christo gave me this earlier on, of what's going to replace Wife Swap and How Clean Is Your House. Apparently, it's MPs to live on a council estate. So they're going to send out Austin Mitchell, Ian Duncan Smith and Mark Oton. And uh, Tower Block of Commons will see uh, Oton, Mitchell, former leader Smith and colleague Tim Loughton, MP, Shadow Minister for Children living in four different council estates and tower blocks. What a waste of space. What a complete and utter stupid programme. What would be the point of MPs living in a tower block? The answer is absolutely nothing. Each series will have a different presenter, including Howard Jacobson, trying to reclaim creation from the creationists. Oh, this is the Bible, so it's another series, a history of series. Uh, they've also got Bethany Hughes on the Bible, Raggy Omar, aren't you just bored with Raggy Omar, and Anne Whittacombe on the Ten Commandments. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, plus uh, Family Guy, the animated spin-off The Cleveland Show, early next year, and um, about it, actually. Doesn't sound very exciting. Perhaps we should have kept the original programmes. Perhaps we should have kept them. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk If Katie says Paul, goes into the jungle, maybe, Steve, you should advise Mr Manning to be very afraid. Uh, having said that, maybe a good match, as they're both willing to get their kit off at any opportunity. I think that's what they put him in there for, because he's desperate for publicity. Uh, Colin and Justin, as Christo reminded me, the moment they moved to Channel 5, that was the kiss of death for their career. It went so far down the toilet, we went over the U-bend, and they disappeared. They had a couple of other things, but nothing ever matched up to it. And I do remember Terry Wogan had a chat show on Channel 5, and it was... Who was it with? I can't remember who it was with, actually. Some girl... Who Dickens was it? Come me later. And uh, they were doing this chat show, and Colin and Justin came on, and you could see the look of distaste on Terry Wogan's face when these two Marys crept onto the set and started being just tacky and revolting. And they quite clearly... They, they were just... They were just naff. I think that's the only way you can describe them, naff. They were neither clever... I didn't think... In fact, they were so desperate a short while ago, they had to take a job on 60-minute makeover. That's where they go into somebody's house and do a poor paint job. See, the only one I liked was the one that Carol Vorderman did, where they literally spent thousands and thousands putting in, you know, these super chat People who'd written into the programme go, oh, you know, my mother's never had Christmas before in a house, so can we do this for her? So they write all these things in. And, of course, the people who read through them go, oh, that's sad, isn't it, without realising that uh, a lot of people who write into TV shows tell lies just so they can get something that, they, that they, they couldn't be bothered to pay with. You know, you'd think, you say, you've got a huge family here and your mother's living in poverty. Why don't you all get off your fat asses and do something for her, as opposed to getting somebody in to do it cheaply? You know, it ruins it completely. Gabby Roslin was the person. Gabby Roslin. Thank you, John. Gabby Roslin was the, uh, the person who did the chat show. But it's when Colin and Justin sat there and they were just, they were naff. I can't think of any, any other description apart from naff. And that describes them very, very well. But Stuart Manning in the jungle, as I say, desperate for any sort of publicity because his career's disappeared. In fact, I don't think there's anybody in there who actually has got a career going, apart from, I suppose, Jordan to a certain extent, but she's so lonely. I mean, I would think... I mean, I don't know whether or not next year we're going to be as interested in, in Jordan. Stuart Manning we won't be interested in next year. Oh, sorry, we won't be interested in next year. Uh, who else is in there? I'm trying... Oh, there it is. Um... I don't Lucy Benjamin. She said, oh, I'm going... In the, this, this was a classic line from somebody going in the jungle. You know, I'm going in the jungle. I'm going to miss my little girl's birthday. I thought, you're that desperate to try and get some money, some filthy lucre. You're prepared to forego your daughter's, one of her formative birthdays. 
to go in the jungle. It's that desperate. Most right-thinking people would be going, I don't think so. I don't think so. Listen, I think my, my child's time is far more precious, and I want to spend time with her, not go in the jungle and try and revive... Because that's all it is now. It's a revitalising of a career that's disappeared. I don't think it's going to come back again, I'm afraid, for Lucy Benjamin. Certainly not going to come back from Colin and Justin. In fact, by the time you've had two days of them, you're going to be so sick of them that they'll start off being all fairly quiet and sit there looking like two hunchback leprechauns. And then the next minute, they'll just, they'll just be awful. Uh, Samantha Fox... I don't know what... I was thinking... I wasn't like hunchback leprechauns. You know when leprechauns sit on little mushrooms and toadstools? They look like that. They sort of sit down and they... I've got, I've got one at home. It's not a real leprechaun, quite clearly not a real leprechaun. But it's, it's one sitting in a, in, a, in a glass of marshmallows... Sounds a bit peculiar, I know, but I promise you. Yes, what it is, it's a, it's, it's a sculpture, and it's a leprechaun, and it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a, a bowl on a, on a stand with marshmallows in. They're all sculpted, pink and white ones, and there's a, a leprechaun sitting... I'm not selling this very well to you, am I, this morning? And there's a leprechaun sitting in the middle with his tummy all distended because he's eaten a lot of marshmallows. Nope, just me again. Thank you for that one. Shan't bother explaining it to you ever again. Miserable lot of people, honestly. I, I do my best in the morning. I do my best. They say, Steve, as long as you get an audience. And, of course, we do. But uh, I will accept apologies from the person who said egg on face. There was no take that reunion. There will never be a take that reunion. Even the producer went, ha, ha, ha. The, there will never be a take that reunion. They don't need him. They're all normal. Robbie's the barmy, barmy mad one. Ha <laughs> ha. Eight for eight five zero. Oh, Stevie Delby. Do you know? Strange enough, as well. Talk about lucky. Talk about lucky. No after effects from the swine flu jab. No after effects at all. No cold. No uh, no nothing at all. Apart from the arm, still a little bit sore, as if somebody sort of punched you in the arm. But that's about it because it goes into the muscle. But nothing at all. I've had no. Coughing, no spluttering, no tiredness. <sighs> Nothing at all. Great, isn't it? Doesn't always work. Some people get after effects. Not me. I reckon it's because I'm on so many other tablets. I think the other tablets have countered them, which is quite good. OK, quarter past five is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. And it's nice to have a company. <laughs> These are the headlines. British Airways and Spanish airline Iberia have agreed plans for a proposed merger which could create an airline with more than 400 aircraft flying to more than 200 destinations. Teachers could be banned from the classroom if they fail five yearly competence tests, a move being opposed by thousands of members of the National Union of Teachers. And First Capital Connect train services face more disruption later as a row over pay means drivers are still refusing to work overtime. Let's have a check on the state of the roads this morning. And it's uh, lovely... Hu- what? Nothing. What's the matter with you? Not at all. It's Friday, I suppose. I know, yeah, but you're like this every day now. I mean, it's... Uh, every day's through, Friday for me. I, we know it is. Yeah. The trouble is, I'm obviously giving you too much sugar. Clearly. I, I, I watched Country Farm the other day, Adam's Farm. Oh, right. It's, you know, it's so good. They should do your farm. Do you think so? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to recommend it to friends of mine who do make documentaries. OK. Uh, right, M25, got reports of a big puddle, clockwise. Uh, it generally floods... 97.3. is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Whoa! Picture of uh, Katie Price on the front of the mirror today. You know, even with Botox, which is supposed to make you look more attractive, not working. Hair extensions, looks a bit stupid. Uh, too much makeup. Fire the makeup artist, really. There's nothing worse than a bad makeup artist. And somebody who hasn't moved with the times, get rid as quickly as possible. Uh, bad news for Daniel Radcliffe this morning. Daniel is uh, captured in the paper today, on the front of the mirror, smoking a <sighs> spliff. 
They've said he was at a party and he wandered around the housewarming, bash babbling to other party goers, I love weed. Now, you see, he might have been referring to, to Bill and Ben. He might have been referring to the show Bill and Ben and saying, I like Bill, I like Ben, but I love weed. You know, and for somebody, they've now interpreted this as, uh, as, as, Harry, as Harry Potter enjoys a bit of the old wacky-backy. Now, to be quite honest, if you'd been to Hogwarts and flown around doing Quidditch and everything else, you'd be smoking dope, let me tell you. You don't do things like that on a couple of Haliborange and aspirin tablets. So it's, n- it's no big deal. Don't really care. Thousands of people. I should imagine you could probably trawl through the Daily Mirror reporter catalogue and find out quite a number of people who've taken drugs over the years. You know, the fact it's, uh, it's Harry Potter... And it's uh, it's Daniel. Re- Who cares? To be honest with you, I I put that down to youthful exuberance. You know, it's up to if he wants to smoke it. That's up to him. There are thousands of people. There are probably I'm probably talking out my pram now, but there are probably people in this building who have smoked wacky backy. I think you know, law of averages would suggest that would be accurate. But uh, he says here there are a few drug metaphors in the film. Uh, I think any film marketed in, in the main for children has a humour that works on one level for them and on another for adults. He's always been anti-drugs before, but there again, everybody must have smoked a joint at some time in their life. Don't you think so? So that's the front page. We, I'd say we are, we are silly season at the moment. We are silly season, not, not particularly uh, special. Uh, the football star, Carlo, is it, uh, Cudicini, was fighting to save his career last night after a motorcycle accident. Um, they occur every day. He was going too fast. Uh, he was thrown from his machine, badly injured his pelvis, broke both wrists, and for this they bring in a helicopter, which I'm a bit impressed with. Didn't think they normally do that. Jedward, uh, out with their hair looking normal, not sort of standing up on end looking a bit stupid and nerdy. Instead, just combed out at the front and you realise they are just stupid looking and nerdy. Danny Minogue has hit out in the X Factor Jedward row, claiming the twins threaten the show's credibility. Shut your mouth. We're not interested. It's silly. It makes no difference. It's just drivel for the sake of drivel's sake, Danny. You know it. We know it. It was bad enough watching you being interviewed by the uh, brown-nosing Piers Mungan on the television, whose latest one is uh, Vinnie Jones. My God, how de- What have they done? Have they gone out there and gone, right, who can we get? Who's available? Let's ask God, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, so-and-so. No, Vinnie Jones. You must be... Pretty desperate if you've got Vinnie Jones on any programme. There's a man who perhaps was, would be so desperate, he'd love to go out to the jungle. But unfortunately, they weren't remotely interested in him. A little bit, uh, little bit naff, I'm afraid. I'm a little bit miffed. When it comes to charity, there's a BBC manager here who has claimed for taking part in a charitable exercise. Uh, he is the boss of uh, Radio 1, and uh, what he claimed is uh, this is Andy Parfit. He did the charity ascent in March with Gary Barlow, Cheryl Cole... No, Robbie Williams, strangely enough. And uh, he's on a total pay package of 218,800 quid, and he bought specialist clothing for £541 and put it through, and also claimed taxes for picking him up and transporting the equipment. I mean, it's for charity. You would have thought that if it's charity and you're on 280-odd thousand a year, you'd be more than happy to... To sort of cough that up yourself, wouldn't you? I would have thought so. That's how charity works. If somebody says to me, you do a, can you do a, a charity event? You don't charge them for it. It's a charity event. Ridiculous. 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. I see that uh, bad boy Joey Barton 
turned up to beat a driving rap the other day. He parked his Aston Martin, 170,000 quidsworth, on a grass verge. He arrived in court in the James Bond-style motorist he was charged with, failing to help identify who was at the wheel when his Land Rover was caught in a speed trap. So he goes into court. Uh, he said it couldn't have been him because he was injured at the time. I tell you, I've got to think of these wheezes myself, but unfortunately I'm a truthful person. His Land Rover was clocked at 39 in a 30-mile zone, and he told magistrates he couldn't remember who was driving. He said at least five people were insured to chauffeur him around while he was recovering from a, a knee problem and wearing a special brace on his leg. And, strange enough, he didn't remember who the person was driving. Now, far be it from me to cast aspersions on Joey Barton. Not exactly got the best reputation in the business, but I would put it to him that I don't believe a word you say. Oh, there you go. I don't believe a word you say. Uh, other stories of the paper. Oh, as I say, good news that, uh, that they've axed um, Wife Swap and How Clean Is Your House. So well done, Julian Bellamy there. A few other programmes. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, Wife Swap was just the biggest pile of rubbish we'd ever seen on the television. And How Clean Is Your House was the same thing every show. Every show. Uh, Steve, uh, Wogan and Rosalind's show also gave us the awful, awful smackable Gino De Campo, or Campo Gino, as he prefers to be known in the business. That's the man with the hairiest arms. He has to comb the hair back. He can always part the hair on his arms. There used to be a guy called Richard something on GMTV years ago, and he had the hairiest hands. When he used to, literally, I mean, I, when I first, because I, I sat there watching in the morning, and I hadn't seen him before, he was a sports reporter, Richard Keyes, I think it was. And anyway, and I remember thinking... He's doing an impression of the werewolf film because his hands were covered in hair. Campo Gino is exactly the same. Another man whose career must have, must have finished now. Because if you can afford to give up work and go out to the jungle, you know that there's nothing in the pipeline. The agents obviously said, listen, you're on the wane. People think you're a bit boring now and a bit naff, so why don't you go out to the jungle? Paul says, I've got to go to hospital to have an angina test, like you. I didn't go in for an angina test. You've either got angina or you haven't got it. You'll have to go walk in on the treadmill... And that will, will tell them if you've got angina. But they should have given you a spray as well by now. Uh, an angina is where you've got blocked arteries uh, into your heart. Uh, either one or two or three or four or whatever it happens to be. And it's where if you smoke, and it tends to be smokers or overweight people who eat fatty foods and smokers, and they fur up. It's like a pipe. If you, in fact, that's the easiest way to describe it. It's the pipe that comes out of your house or brings the water in. After a while, if you've got hard water, it furs up inside so the water doesn't get through as quickly. And it provides pain. It gives you pain in your heart. You go, oh, it hurts a little bit and you rub your chest. And you can get this spray, which you just spray into your mouth. How that works, I've got no idea. And what they'll do is, if it turns out that you've got hardened arteries, you need them sorted out, and they'll put stents in. And it's about a three-hour operation. They do it while you're alive. While you're, sorry, while you're alive. <laughs> There's a faux pas there. They do it while you're awake. Uh, the reason they have to do it while you're awake is because if you have a heart attack while you're under, they can't bring you back from the anaesthetic. So they keep you awake. So you can watch it, which is good news, isn't it? You can watch your own operation. Oh, it's yummy, yummy, yummy. Watching your little heart pumping. LBC 97.3. 28 minutes to six, still to come. More from the uh, papers and John Warrington. Before that, uh, all throughout the early hours of the morning, if you've been listening to LBC, you know that hundreds of people are sleeping out in Old Spitalfields Market to raise money and awareness for Centrepoint, which is the young people's homeless charity. The man who got the unenviable job of going down there and obviously trying to keep people awake is Declan Harvey. Just when you're trying to get to sleep, somebody shoves a microphone in your face and goes, so what's it like to sleep rough? And you go, go away, I'm trying to go to sleep. Morning, Declan. Good morning, Steve. I bet there's nobody no, good awake. Night, Steve. I bet there's nobody awake. There's, 
There's nobody wait. Well, heads are starting to rise because, uh, funnily enough, in the last kind of half hour or so, the lights above us in, inside the market have come on really, really bright. Now, it hasn't woken uh, many people, but it's because they haven't changed the timer since the daylight savings time w- went back. So they should come on at 6. Instead, they've come on at 5. Uh, and I don't think people are, are too impressed here. Me, I'm delighted. I've been on my own for hours here. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping to see a couple of heads kind of rising up. They're like, uh, they're like meerkats popping up bones straight. Well, I, I can only keep my fingers crossed for you, Declan, that something pops up <laughs> shortly. Because there's nothing worse. Is the, you're there, it must be like the, life, the night of the living dead, I should imagine. Well, it got very quiet around 3, 4 o'clock this morning. Um, it, it's, 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 personally speaking, a really, really interesting experience just to be awake. And not even the roads outside, and not much noise there. Really cold. I mean, I've got a kind of a coldness in my bones at the moment. And I had a, a jumper in my, in my bag, a spare jumper, a third jumper that I was going to put on me I thought I'll just wait until I'm really cold before I put it on and I put it on about half an hour ago and I think it's a bit too late because I'm just cold through and through mm. um, but it's it's interesting um, the the impact that this has it's a very very lonely time to be awake in the middle of the night when there's no one else around you I know I always arrive in every morning just as people are bedding down in doorways and I've often thought given the choice of sleeping in a proper bed or in a doorway the bed would win hands down Absolutely, absolutely. Never um, very comfy the, out there. Well, another thing, this is going to sound really, really obvious, but it's, it's, it's very difficult to imagine how cold and hard concrete is until you're on it for kind of nine hours as I have been you know it's there's just no getting comfortable on it you can kind of you know move your weight onto one leg and the other and kind of shift around a little bit but it's it's very very unforgiving as is uh, as is the, the the wind which is blowing through the old Spitalfields mm. market all night and of course we had a severe weather warning last night of, of, of rain uh, luckily that didn't get to us because we're, we're covered in with a roof here yeah I think a lot of people probably associate with cold and hard uh, did they not give you a, a cardboard box or something I mean does that make it easier <laughs> Um, we well, you see, I made the rookie mistake because when I arrived here, there was big stacks of uh, cardboard boxes, and you didn't uh, pick one I up. was kind of bu- well, I was busy walking around, going, "Hello, okay, could I speak to you later? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Hello, I'm LBC, can I speak to you later?" And <laughs> by the time I actually got to locating a space, most of the good spaces had gone, and, and for next year, I'll know what to get beside a pillar. That's where you won't want to be. Exactly, you want a and, pillar, uh, and, and you want to grab the cardboard box quickly. Absolutely, and some of the uh, the, the PR girls who were working on the, this event for for Centrepoint were saying they were here last year. Says not rookie mistake. You've got to get the cardboard boxes because they'll give you some kind of insulation. What they have provided, of course, are are big kind of cardboard sleeping bags almost. They're like uh, they're like potato sacks, oversized oh. potato sacks, and uh, they've got the the Centrepoint branding all over them. And uh, they've provided a little bit of, of shelter for uh, for those who did manage to get a little bit of shut eye. Unfortunately, I have not been one of those lucky people. Oh, well, I, ho- I hope you get something hot inside you before too long. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Um, and we'll, we'll talk to you at half past. Yes, indeed. Yes, I'll keep you up to date. Again, I mean, I, I had intended to have somebody to speak to you. There's a, there's a couple of uh, kind of household names uh, who are fast asleep, just kind of a hundred yards from me. But uh, they, can, I, can, I, I don't want to wake them because I don't want to get the rap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Declan. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Take care. Bye. Declan Harvey from Old Spitalfields. It was awful, isn't it? Cold and hard. That's all I'm thinking of in the morning. If you're sleeping on concrete, it's not very pleasant. So we'll have a chat to him again. He's da- Poor soul's been down there all night. I think you should have given it a go. Me? You look quite Actually, shocked. strangely enough, and out of all the things I could do, I could do that. I can sleep anywhere. 
I absolutely... I, I could lie down on this floor here... And sleep. And sleep quite easily. Well, yeah, I know that you've often had sort of a late night out, or I've been, I've been to a function and then had to... Used to sleep in, in the yeah. studio in just on a couch. Yes, didn't you? I'm, I'm, I'm quite good on couches, to be honest with <laughs> you. You prefer it. To I a prefer bed. it to a bed. In fact, for, for about a year, I slept on my couch at home, only because I didn't have the energy to get up and go to bed. Very bad for your back. Very and bad posture and such a long walk as well. But I mean, in the in the end, I, I did actually manage to climb into bed, and I have been quite good at, at sleeping in the bed. Yes, because it's the ritual of getting into bed, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's the fact that you know you take your clothes off. Which you do. do at the drop of a hat. Well, I something I knew. I, I met a guy some years ago. We did a. We went to the Hackney <laughs> Empire for something, and I met this guy and his mother. And they lived in a council flat. I went back there for. A, he said, "Come back for a cup of tea." Went back for a cup of tea, and they had to live him and his mother in one bedroom. The walls were running with water. Running. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Running with water. There's you a leaky roof. Well, I don't know what it was, but you could literally put your hands on, and the walls were soaking wet. Shocking. And his him and his mother slept in the bed with their clothes on. Things were so bad. And mm. I walked out of there, and uh, one of the girls was in PR, and I said, I've never been in a place like that in my entire life. Your heart just went out to them, thinking, how, ca- how can you live like this? How is this possible that a son, who was, I think he was about 19, and his mother were living in this flat with walls running with, mm. with damp wa- Just you unbelievable. Don't, you don't realise, do you? You don't you know how don't lucky realize. we are. No. I mean, you know, it's, it's quite a thrill if you've got... We didn't have central heating at home for ages. Oh, no, neither did we. We had to be we sort of blow heating Did at you? one point. Yeah. Well, somebody, went, <laughs> 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 somebody would come in I'll for 20 so. minutes. Didn't you have a paraffin heater? Oh, we did, yeah. And they were called Aladdin. Oh, we had an Aladdin. Yeah, with a little, you could see the little yes, flame. Yes, you could see the flame up. and you yeah. could turn it up or down. Paraffin. We filled it with, with paraffin because the man used to come round, bloom, 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 so bloom. Very dangerous, they were. Very dangerous, but you could to not smell them. the fumes. Lovely smell. Oh, I love that. Do you know I love I could, that smell. Oh, I bet there's people listening now have got an Aladdin. And then I had, when I first moved into one of my first flats, uh, when, I, when I was living on my own. When he broke in. <laughs> OK, let's just get this right. I was squatting. to this squat. I paid rent, believe <laughs> it or not. Uh, we had, I had one of those um, Calagas fires. Yes, we So you had. went out and got your... They used to deliver the um, yes. big um, metal things. You could hardly lift them. Yeah. Then that would go in the back. Now, they were very, very good. Yes. They warmed everywhere. You just put them on one or that two. That had, like, bars. the open flame at the front, whereas the Aladdin fire, the flame was hidden, yeah. but it came out of this vent at the top. That's right, you had a little funnel. It looked like a chimney, really. Yes. Well, if you can still get that. There used to be the, the second... Not the second-hand shops, the, the hardware stores... Yes, like... ...that used to have the power in. and those sort of places yeah. used to do it. And, and oh, you, but you used to go to the petrol station and get your... Um, get paraffin, yes, yes. Paraffin, paraffin. I can smell, smell it now. We mm. used to, when we lived in Yorkshire, we had a house at the end of a drive. It was a long, long drive, and at the very end was this big hall in the in the middle mm. of the village. And then our house was next to it, it, kind of backed on, and we had there was no central heating. So when you got up in the morning, it was a case of come on, quick. And you were quick, because otherwise you froze to death. You didn't sort of hang around. You got out that bed, you ran into the bathroom. We had a little electric fire mm. in the bathroom, which my mum would have gone in there and pulled on, first of all, so at least the bathroom was reasonably warm. You'd have a quick lick and a promise wash. And then you put your clothes on. It was the only time you were warm. But don't you think that was healthier? Oh, God, absolutely. Much, much better. Although, really. actually, to be honest with you, having said that, and of course I shouldn't <coughs> laugh, but both my parents are dead and both at an early age, so perhaps it wasn't as healthy as we thought it was. Well, excepting that, my, that I know people who grew up at the same sort of time and they're well into their 80s and yes. they live with one of those little fires yes. that used to be above the door yes. in the bathroom. Yes, And you switched it on. And also, we had a light, I think. Yes, a heat light. Heating. A heat light. It yeah. was like a big... Bulbous thing, yes. yes. And also around yeah. the outside, some of them had a heating element. Yeah, they did, and, and you could feel it. You know, you, used to, you, used to, you could feel it coming from above, the heat. 
It's wonderful. Amazing. Wonderful. I turned on the telly yesterday. Now, strangely enough, four weeks ago on this programme, I had, I just have, I have a thing about artists, and I think to myself, I wonder where they are. And I remember asking Vince Hill when he came in, where's Val Dunican? Hmm. And he said, Val is, um, he's, he's retired, almost. He still sings, but in he's, he's semi-retired. Sorry? In Ireland? No. He's in, I think, the Algarve. Oh, right. He has a place in this country and a place in the Algarve. And I remember thinking, how I'd love to get him in. <coughs> Tell on the Alan Titchmarsh show, special guest, Val Dunican. Wonderful. Well, the audience, who are of the right age, went crackers for him. Mm. He looks a bit older. He's 82. Well, he is older. Uh, well, I know, but he, <laughs> but he looks a bit older. Mm. He looks a bit older. And still singing? He still sings. And they got him a rocking chair, so we got the story of the rocket. He only needed to tell two stories, and the interview was over. <laughs> but it was so lovely to see him. He's got a book out, his autobiography. Right. Is he doing any shows? He's, I don't know what he's doing, but he's, he said, he, he was talking about the shows, and he, I think he must done, do an audience with. What a nice man. Lovely man. What a nice man. And he was Britain's answer to, well, who do, Andy Williams. Andy Williams. In fact, he said that um, a load of the people he had on the show were all his childhood heroes, and he got to sing with them. 25 years Val had his show on the telly. Yes, he did, I'm sure. He's, He's really nice. Sundays, wasn't it? Yes. Sunday, Sunday night with Val Dunican, sort oh, of Oh, it was lovely. He said Christmas specials. Apparently, because uh, Hugh Broom knows him very well. Hugh Broom knows everybody. And um, he lives, he lives in, around Beaconsfield Way. Very nice. Yeah, but he, ha- he has a place in, uh, on the Algarve. Because Vince was telling, or perhaps it's Vince has got the place in the Algarve. And Cliff's got a place and in Cliff's the Algarve. And Cliff's got a place in the Algarve the as well. Algarve. And this weekend, in conversation, is with Martine McCutcheon. And how was that, Martine? I think it's Martine, isn't it, this week? Is it Martine? It is Martine this week. And how was she? Lovely. She is lovely, lovely. isn't she? She's got a new man. And a new book. New book. Uh, yes, a new novel. It's called Mistresses, isn't yes, it? Or The Mistress. The Mistress. The, the Mistress. Mistress. But yes. she's got a new man, she said, and he's got a tight bum. Really? That's what she, she told us. say that? I was I not supposed to tell people that? I was getting into trouble for telling people. I, say, I see coming up on the travel later, Hugh, Hugh Brom, I think, will be our, our new... Oh, right, oh, broom, oh, right, B-double-R-O-M. It's getting better by the minute. So, um, yes, yeah, so she's very well. She's been with him three... I think they might actually tie the knot. Yes? I think so, yes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. You think it might? that's the way it's looking, I think so, yeah. We do yeah. love her. She is fine. Yeah, she looks good. I bet she does. Looks very good. She's always looked good, though. Yeah, but she looks very, very good. And she's doing any singing? Bringing out an album? No, not at the moment. They can't put her back in EastEnders. She was killed. Well, that never stopped anybody well, before. Do you know, that's what I was thinking. Oh, I must bring you the update, ladies and gentlemen. Very quickly, yesterday I talked about Minster Law on the programme. This is the law company who are dealing with my minuscule, pathetically small claim, who have made cock-up after cock-up after cock-up. In the end, I put the phone down on them the other day because they annoyed me so much. And you can't deal with the person who, who is dealing with your case. So you end up having to explain it all to somebody else, and I'm not prepared to do it. And it's only, it's, this is a small claim, believe you me. They quite clearly think I'm a crook. Right. Because they've thrown everything back every step of the way. Is it a car claim? Yes. Okay. This, is, this is my car claim. This is the one where the person hit you yes. who didn't have insurance? That's right. right. And it took them eight months to come up with that staggering piece of information. So now, and nearly a year on, we're nowhere near. Wow. So then, uh, then I sent over some, some photos. They said, they wrote to me, this is ni- ten months on, do you have any details of the man who, who ran into you? I said, well, I'd already written to them and say he's Polish, he didn't speak English. You know, I mean, what do you expect I'm going to do? Go to language classes? No, but I'd taken a photograph of him. So I emailed them up. Well, they claim never to have got them. So yesterday I tested my phone to make sure it sent pictures, and I sent a picture to myself here, and they both arrived. Mm. So either they're the most incompetent company in the world. Anyway, surprise, surprise, they phoned me yesterday. 
I checked the message this morning. They're more than happy to push this through as quickly as possible now. It's amazing, isn't it? What, nine months later? Nearly a year. Nearly a year later for this tiny claim. You know, obviously there have been some mistakes, she said, and uh, we're we're so keen to push this through as quickly. I thought, I bet you bloody are. But it's the mistakes of theirs. Yes. That was it. I mean, at one point, I said to the bloke I'm talking to, who I could tell was about 15, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm recording this, I'm going to play this on my programme, because this is absolutely the height of incompetence. I said, I've never known a company, you know, that I'm dealing with. When I had my hire car, it was a Bentley, mm. and they wanted to know whether or not the company who'd hired it to me were, were a registered credit agency. I said, well, they sell Rolls and Bentleys, and they hire them out. Yes. Well, they wrote back twice. They lost all the paperwork twice. <laughs> They're just incompetent from start to finish. So anyway, I'll let you know on, on Sunday how we get on, because I'm going to phone them today. I'll be given a direct number of this woman who's in compliance. <laughs> compliance. And she'll be dealing with it and pushing it through. I she's thought, not, you better. It's not customer relations. No, though, next she? thing, it's the ombudsman. And I'll, I'll, I'll drag them through watchdog if necessary. Luckily, I have friends in very high places. We do like an, omb- an ombudsman. We like an ombudsman. <laughs> That's what they're there we for. We also like an ology as well. Oh, we like an ology. I, like I could an do with an ology. I could do with an ology. But instead, we'll have a cake and we'll have the news headlines. <laughs> Quarter to six, British Airways and Spanish airline Iberia have agreed a plan for a multi-billion pound merger. The new company will carry more than 60 million passengers to more than 200 destinations a year. One of the teenagers jailed for life for the murder of 16-year-old Ben Kinsella in Holloway starts an appeal against his sentences later. And hundreds of celebrities and fundraisers have spent the night sleeping on the concrete floor at Old Spitalfields Market to raise money for the homeless charity Centrepoint. Here he is now, friend to the stars and celebrities... You broom. I was only about eight when I met him. Yeah, come on. I was. Uh, right, uh, North Circular, day 406. It's closed southbound at the moment. The really 97.3. Morning, team. Nice to be company. John Warrington's here being Friday. Good morning. Uh, and Paul says, I've been reading Danny Minogue has dedicated her Cosmopolitan TV Personality Award... <laughs> sorry. ...to Stacey Solomon. To Stacey? Yes. She's going to keep it in there as an inspiration that what? anybody with no talent whatsoever riding on the back of your sister can actually get some uh, some publicity. Don't be cruel about Danny. Oh, we love God, Danny. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Oh. She is the best person on that programme. Oh, she's not. Oh, she's fab. She's not. She Listen, is. I mean, they've all, they're all good in their own little way, but Who? after Louis had his queenie fit the other day and had a tantrum... Yes. Do you remember? When yes, he had of course. It, with, with Dermot. It was mm. so funny because he said to Dermot, Listen, Dermot... You're, you're paid to present... I can't do the accent. So no, you're, I'm you're the paid judge to present. I'm the judge. I'm paid to judge. You do your job, I do mine. You're the, just a presenter. And he was quite right. Because Dermot has got a little bit above his station. He's just supposed to be a talking knitting pattern. We don't want anything <laughs> else. Just stand there, present, get off stage. But he does... Uh, he has always done that throwback to the judges, you know. I mean, the whole thing is, he is presenting the programme. So he must... Well, he's holding it together. Yes, and he must give off some kind of balance. And no. he's got a time thing clock going on in his head, and they're saying, kill ten seconds. So he's going to say, you know, Louis, do you really think that was fair, what you were, were saying? And then no. Louis just went off the off the end. Yes. But you haven't... I said, quite like that, though. You don't... You, what do you think of Simon's rivers, um, remarks last week about his, oh, well, I'm going to throw it to the audience? Oh, well, well, put it this way, I knew that was... I had a rough idea that was probably going to happen anyway. What? When they were doing the voting? Yes. You, know? you thought he was going to do it again? Yes, because... You did it last week? Yes. For two and, weeks. And because it's a case of he's... He knows how many results they're actually getting from the audience. He knows they're going to vote for him. So it takes the onus off him. It's all perfectly legal, but he wants them to stay in because, so far, they're the only ones who can probably make any money. Well, they're the only ones... I don't believe any of those other acts. I believe with Sting, and Sting said, it's an upmarket karaoke show. These people, in two or three years' time, all of them, 
will not be heard of. I'll put money on it. You won't hear a Stacey Solomon. She'll be resorted to doing a few game shows, going, ah, like that, and that'll be it. The <laughs> twins a, will, that, will have disappeared. You make her sound like Barbara. And no. you can't do that. You do. No, no, no. That's a carry-on laugh. No, it's... Oh, God, I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was. But <laughs> and you... So you agree that that it's it's cool for him to do that. He has had yeah. an incredible amount of complaints. And when it... When I, he's making a programme. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. care. And I know that why he... You know, he says, oh, I didn't know who was going to come bottom. He said, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily have voted if I'd known that Lucy was going off. Well, it's a bit late, isn't it? She wasn't good, though. Oh, she was fantastic. No, she she wasn't. She she had a couple of duff notes, and I'm sorry, she also stood there like a plank. No, she didn't. She was the one that moved around. It's only Stacey that started to walk. Compared to John and Edward, and I'm no big fan. What, of Jedward? No, I'm not a fan of them. I bet you are. I bet you vote. Every I've never Saturday. voted in my life. I bet you voted. I wouldn't waste money. No? I wouldn't. Oh, God, no. You wouldn't catch me. I don't even know how much it costs to vote. No. But... I wouldn't do anything like that. No, it's a television programme. I well, don't do that. I think that everybody's excited to see what they're going to do this week. We're waiting for them to sing a ballad, you know. Somebody's spending a lot of money dressing them up every week. Well, they're not spending the same money on all the other contestants. Well, they don't need to. They've got... I was explaining to the producer the other day, and I was saying, all their outfits are handmade. They'll be handmade mm. for them. They're not off the peg numbers. And they have more dancers. They yes. have sets. They also have multi-tracked. Lighting. Yes. Everything. Oh, it's incredible. It's what? designed to make you vote for them. Of course it is. And that's what it is. And that's why I Simon went for them, them, because he thought, hang on a minute, yeah. I can leave Lucy and I can leave Stacey and I can leave Ollie in, but they don't get any publicity. Ollie is just desperately, desperately unattractive. Who's going to win? I mean, win? if that's the best we're going to get from Essex, God help us all. <laughs> I think he's going to win. Oh, dear. Well, of course he will. But in the of end, of course he will. Because you've got to look at who's, who's going to make money. He isn't, he isn't interesting enough to have a long career. As I've said to you, they'll all have the album, and that will, the, the album, the tour, and then that will disappear. And I think Jed would be great on children's television. Well, that's what apparently they're, they're heading for. I, I've, I've said this right from yeah. the beginning. They, they, they look have the like... same mental age as the children. Well, yeah. <laughs> as Cheryl said last week, she said, I'm sure you appealed to everyone between yeah. the ages of one and seven. Yeah. I'm sure that was a terrible like, Cheryl Cole accent, but it was pretty close. Yes, it wasn't very good. Although, strange enough, when you listen to her singing... Cheryl? Yeah, she sounds almost almost coherent, which I find quite interesting, because you can't understand a word she says when she talks. <laughs> <laughs> Could be something to do with the backing track, <laughs> helping her out. But, I mean, Lucy has... Um, she lit the Christmas tree lights up somewhere up in... Who Gry- did? Lucy? Up, up north somewhere. Oh, in Stockport oh last night. Well, you know it comes from Stockport. Oh, Stockport's Manchester, Stockport, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is from Wales, of course. Yeah, well, she liked him in Stockport for them. I don't know. Nobody in Wales wanted her. Well, I'm sure they did want her. She's been told she can't take any jobs. Yes, it's against her contract. She can't take any jobs Every single person on the show. I was amazed they had somebody who phoned in overnight. And they weren't aware. I mean, they must have been as dim as a plank. Because Simon owns the programme. They all sign contracts to Simon's agency. Yes. Nobody does anything without him. You you can't leave that programme and go and do something. Unless you're Steve Brookstein and you say, listen, I'm not singing covers. That's all they sing is covers. That's why they don't make any money. Well, they don't have any new songs written for them, do they? No. The only song that is... Well, even that wasn't written, Hallelujah, last year, the, yep. the song for the winner, which yep. they released for Christmas, that was a cover, wasn't it? It was a charity single coming out for Christmas with all the X Factor people on it. Yes. They'll sing it this week. It's Michael Jackson's song, isn't it? They're all mime. I guarantee not one person will sing live, unless there's a line in at the beginning, because when it comes to the harmonies, they'll have to mime it. Well, they'll have to sing, because otherwise it's not them. Otherwise, it could be you. Well, exactly. That's the, that's a good thing about auto. You don't seriously think you can risk people singing who can't sing in harmony with one other person, well, especially Jedward. Especially Jedward. They so they'll have to together. stand there just mouthing the words, looking a bit dim. 
Yes, anyway. I suppose. Well, it'd be interesting to see what that song's like. And who, do we have a big act on this weekend? Um, is it the Backstreet Boys, do you think? I don't know. Every week. You know that the, I, I was told, I don't know how true it is, that the record companies pay to put people on there. Because it's a fantastic advert. Of course it is. For a new single. Absolutely. So Cheryl Cole's record label. Mm, would have paid them. 60,000, I think. Um, That's how much it costs to stage it. Do you think that, what, to, to, for her to do that, £60,000? Yes, for yes. her to perform that song, yeah. she's already been paid to be there. Yes, I know. Which yeah. is a different different job, you see. But I don't think that her song would have gone to number one like Without that, that show. Without that programme. No. Yeah. Although you listen to it and you think, who is it singing? Because it doesn't sound like you singing like it I'm is telling very you. Ca- it does stay in your head, though. Does it? Yes, I can't think of it at the moment, but no, I did exactly, have it in my head the other day. It stays in your head, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, Paul the Cabby says, Do we know if Robbie appeared would take that last night? Not singing. Not singing, I'm afraid. He, um, on, another, on another radio station... He actually was asked that question, and yeah. he went, no, that's not going to happen. He said, first of all, I don't want to go on tour. No. And secondly... They don't want him. The, it, it's want not going to happen. No. It might happen as a one-off thing on an occasion at some stage. Never happen. I'll tell you for why. Because the person who's worked the hardest in the group is Gary Barlow. He, he has written all the songs. Well, why would you want one. to bring somebody back who walked out on the group, who's been in and out of rehab, who's got more emotional problems than a barrel load of mad things? You don't want him back to upset the apple cart. They're doing very, very well. They've sold out. Their album's hit number one. They don't need him. And the other big thing is, why would you want to go from a four-way split to a five-way oh, split? Oh, absolutely. Why would you yes. want to give Robbie Williams any money at all? He doesn't need any you money. You screwed it up in the first place, mate. You pay for it. They're enjoying touring. You go away. Doesn't he have £85 million or something? Yes, but he's so lonely. He's got to go. He's in love. He's going to get married. Oh, he just says things for effect. Don't you realise? He's been in rehab. They <laughs> all talk drivel. Don't you, don't you watch Jonathan Ross? Oh, I don't. Don't you listen to every word there. people say? No, haven't watched Jonathan Ross since the debacle, I'm afraid. <laughs> the debacle. <laughs> the debacle. <laughs> I love that. Uh, very quickly, some more of your texts and emails. Uh, strange enough, Janet says, This morning we talk about the mouse in the pub that died. When I got into work this morning, my mouse had completely conked out. Spooky or what? Two dead mice. That's scary. I think it's three, three blind mice, wasn't three it? Three blind mice, yeah. See how they run. Obviously, See you're walking into walls and everything else, I should imagine. And, um, what else was... Oh, yes, Dawn. Yes, Chris Hawkins became a dad the other day. Oh, congratulations. I'm not, not Chris Hawkins, you. no. It's Chris. Chris. Oh, right. Yeah, seven weeks early. Sorry. And uh, it's uh, a girl, they're calling her Sienna. That's nice. That's nice, isn't it? Lovely place in Italy. It is. Sienna. A nice place. So, uh, well done to, uh, to Chris and wife. And speaking of competitions, are you running a song lyric competition on Twitter, which you've forgotten to tell your Twitter followers about? On Wednesday you tweeted, you hear it playing all over the world, that's all over the world by the Pet Shop Boys, one of my favourite songs from the new album. It's great, isn't it? And she says, by Thursday you tweeted, waits in the window wearing a face she keeps in the jar by the door, which is Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. She said, do I get a prize for naming the two songs? <laughs> no, but you probably get a prize for being very observant, I should imagine. It should be called Name That Twitter, as opposed to Name That Joan. Anybody heard of the film The Man in the Santa Claus Suit? No. No, it's a Fred Astaire film from about, I think, 19... Oh, I can't be wrong now, 1967 or late. Anyway, whatever it is, it's deleted. You cannot get it, and Rob says, you know where I can get it? No, because it's deleted. They've deleted the film. You can get copies of it on eBay, but they're VHS tapes and they're not great. And do you know what I want a copy of? I want a copy of the original Pride and Prejudice on DVD, which had Laurence Olivier playing um, Darcy. Really? Yes. I've got... I'm, I have you... I have a present for you. Do you? Mm. 
really. Not intentionally. It's not Christmas yet. Sorry? It's not Christmas yet. It is. This, this is one of my favourite films. Okay. And I only bought it the other day because it was cheap, because I wasn't going to spend money on you. And, uh, and it arrived in today, and this is one of my favourite Christmas films. Right. It goes back a long, long way. It's, it's quite early. It's in black and white, although if you look at the cover, you'd think that it was, it was in colour. I love black and white films. It's Cary Grant. Oh, yes. Loretta Young. Right. And David Niven. I'm leaving now. You have to leave. I have to go. You have, have to television. watch this film today. Do I? It's called The Bishop's Wife. Okay. Cary Grant plays an angel. Oh. Who comes down to earth and helps out David Niven and Loretta Young. David is trying to raise money for his cathedral. It's set at, at Christmas time, quite mm. clearly. But halfway through, there is a boys' choir in it, mm. who are a real boys' choir in real... I mean, they're probably most of them dead by now, I should imagine. But it's so funny, you have to watch it. But being an angel, uh, there's a couple of twists to it. So it's a great film. It's an MGM classic, The Bishop's Wife. It's, it's only about four quid, actually. But to be honest with you, it's the best four quid value. So there you go. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'd like to give me £3.59. I would indeed. I'll give you okay. £3.99. <laughs> You'll enjoy that. It looks fab. It's, it's a really, really good film. Absolutely it's a really it. good film. And because it's set at Christmas time, you there's just, snow everywhere. You can just tell by the cover. I love her hair. Oh, you're, her listen, clothes. You, She's perfect. It's such a shame it's, it's black and white. Oh, I wasn't yeah. sure if they did a colourised version I of it. I think black and white films are wonderful. Oh, well, that one you'll love. I've watched it time and time again. Thank and you. I absolutely, you're very welcome. I can watch it in Spanish. Sorry? I can watch it you in can, Spanish. You can. You can watch it in any there's language an you want. There's an option of Spanish. Oh, here we are. Again. <laughs> Listen, we have to take a short break for the news. Uh, other side of that, more from the, uh, more from the papers. And, uh, and some cakes. I've been sent in some lovely cakes. Really? Not that I can eat anything like that, as you can well imagine, being a fully-fledged diabetic who's had a swine flu injection. How about that? Uh, Phil, why are you hanging upside down drinking... Morning, everybody. It's Friday. We love... Fridays. Why do we like Fridays? Because it's one day away from Saturday. And uh, you should be wrapping your Christmas presents this weekend. Why? And so, well, I don't know, just get it over and done with. Because otherwise oh, you'll no, all no, leave no. it to the last minute and it will. Be, it, it's just going to be balmy. You should wrap your presents on Christmas Eve. Who's got time on Christmas Eve? You make... That's what Christmas Eve's all about. Well, it might have been in the days before people, you know, didn't have jobs the days to do. before what? Well, but I'm working Christmas Eve, I'm working Christmas Day. Yes, but you're not working Christmas Eve evening. Well, I shall be do. I shall be. I shall be laying a fire in the grate and putting out something for Father Christmas. Absolutely, and you wrap your presents and put them under the tree that night. No, yes. I mean, if I lay a fire, I don't have a fireplace. Incidentally, I, I just do. lay a fire in the middle of the sitting room <laughs> just to amuse myself and worry <laughs> the neighbours. I've got three fireplaces. <laughs> have you? It gets very confused when oh. it comes to my house. A lot of people put in their fireplace. They put candles, don't they? Yes, I don't. I like mine. Yeah, I like candles. I like fire. Yes, not real fire. Gas no. fire, but oh, gas flames. Fire. Do you know, there's a place down the road for me, and they've got these imitation gas fires. Yes. Now, I had one years ago, which looked like a living flame, and that was quite nice. But uh, these are ones which are open both sides. So you have it, say, in the middle of a room. Yes. And Swedish style. It looks really nice. Oh, they're beautiful, yeah. Really nice, it really does. You've got to have quite a big living room for that, though. Quite a big living room, yes. Quite huge, like if a big I, loft If, if I'd won the lottery the other night, I'd have bought a big living room. And I've seen didn't. the living room, 95 feet by 27. Oh, that's, you'd have to have underfloor heating. I don't know what it's got. I can't wait. It to would buy have it. to. That would I was be thinking if I could, if I could con my way into getting a, into getting a, a mortgage, for that much. What for for the flat? Yes. It's a flat, is it? No, no, it's a house. It's a house with a ninety-five foot living room. Yes, seven bedrooms, and room bedrooms. underneath for a swimming pool complex. <laughs> but then complex. I read in Country Life that if you're having a swimming pool put in, mm-hmm. if it's underground. If it's a swimming pool, an entertaining area, and showers and dressing rooms, or cloakrooms, whatever they call them, it could cost up to £2 million. Why? 
because underground costs more money for some reason because you're digging down. You've got to dig, yes. If you put one out outdoors, it can be from 20,000 up to 100,000. And also, you don't, it doesn't have to have foundations, does it? Because it can almost be a conservatory yeah. over the pool. How do, I always wondered, stupid question though it might be, how they, um, how they actually fill a swimming pool. With a hose I mean, pipe. Well, it must take forever. No, it doesn't. You've got to do it once. Yes, but I mean, I can't leave my taps on for that long. It's ridiculous. Well, you do. Because you're not bringing around the fire brigade. No, you do And not. have a filling in, in one. And, you know, when they're in, it, when you, in the summer, when you get those forest fires in, you know, northern Greece or in Italy or whatever, it is that they come round with these great big, almost like a bucket, and they take the water from people's swimming well, pools... Well, they're not doing it from ..to mine. put the fires out. No, I'm digging it underground. I'm going down. <laughs> what, so they can't get to So you. they can't actually get to it, I've decided. <laughs> Definitely not. Anyway, Tyrone... It says, uh, I'm actually having Rice Krispies as I'm heading off to work. I really enjoy being back to work after a terrible a- 11 months unemployed. That's a long time. It really is bad, but I can now see the light at the end of the tunnel. You see, that's, I always say, you know, and I get loads of letters and emails from people who've become unemployed or something dreadful has happened and they think it's never going to become right again. It always does. It just, it just depends how much time and how long you have to wait but eventually there is always light at the end of the tunnel it is very difficult and actually i have a friend who's been unemployed for all oh, coming up to 18 19 months and he has just got a job mm. even though it'll be for just the christmas period with uh, john lewis who take on extra staff you know they all, right, do, all the companies do and he's just took there and they said well you know you're very overqualified for this job and he said look a job's a job i want to get into retail it's nice i've got to start somewhere i want to get up in the morning i have somewhere to go hello sir madam can i help you yes no i can't thank you <laughs> electrical the mitchell boys choir were in the bishop's wife the mitchell boys choir they're the really it's really really choir. good however there was a remake of this film uh, Paul reckons with Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington. <laughs> he said, don't waste your money. Ah, oh, that was, was called The Preacher's Wife. Yeah, dire, he says. Absolutely dire. Um, Steve, speaking of X Factor, Leona Lewis is really boring and overrated. She's got a new single out, which is very overproduced. I think it's called Happy. Yes, I, I think. I, I'm not crazy about her, actually. Not her as a person. I like Leona uh, Lewis. She's quite sweet. But I reckon, and I'm, I'm going to put money on this one, in two years' time, we'll be looking at a completely def- different set of people in the charts mm. and, and recording music. I think Sting is right. It is like a karaoke programme. It's a case of how much money can they make out of it. And I think, you know, it's not like the Beatles or any of the groups that we had in the 60s who had longevity or the Eagles or Status Quo or any of these groups. Half of these people will, will disappear because the record companies now are so fickle, even Madness don't have a record contract. No, well, they, no, well, they, they don't. But they, they use their old music yeah. and, and still tour. It's phenomenal, isn't it? And they're still working and touring because they can play live. If yeah. Leona Lewis or Alexandra or anybody else goes out on tour, the cost of doing it is phenomenal because you've got to have a band. Yeah. They've got to rehearse. You can't just have a... You know, it's, it's, it's so complicated. That's why most of these people will be just recording artists and that will be it. And you see people like Barbara Streisand, when she does a concert, yeah. or one of the big, you know, divas, mm. Barbara Streisand doesn't need to dance or anything. She just comes out, talks, Barbara sings, Streisand. talks, I'm Barbara Streisand. Yeah. I'm speaking to you. You know, you've paid £500 for a ticket. Of course yeah. I'm going to speak to you yes. for half an hour. Yeah. But so oh, that, I don't those... know. Diana Kroll... <laughs> I, re- I told you this story the other day, ladies and gentlemen, was at the Royal Albert Hall, and she started talking in between a song. She's married to Elvis Costello. And somebody stood up and, s- and said, excuse me, we're not, not paid to hear this. Can you get on with the songs? <laughs> That's so silly. That I'd is have, silly. I'd have had them ejected. <laughs> Go out, you stupid little person. It's like asking you at one of your shows not to put on your fairy lights. Exactly. It's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen at some for? point. There's going to be a glittery jacket. There's going to be nice glittery shoes. And there's going to be lights. <laughs> 
I can't tell you anything else but. OK, very quick break. Back in a second. LBC 97.3. It will be. LB. Oh, sorry, I got quite carried away there. <laughs> anyway, nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Doing the papers this morning on Nick Ferrari, I have a vested interest in the journalist who's retiring as managing director of the organisation which represents commercial radio news IRN, John Perkins, because I've worked with John for 30-plus years. Yes. Because when I first joined LBC, John was FOC of the NUJ, which is Father of the Chapel, and, uh, and then the management had the very good sense to move him from Father of the Chapel over onto the uh, management side, and effectively <coughs> they knew everything that the company were planning on doing. That... Because LBC had such a history of strikes, it was unreal. Really? Oh, goodness sake, there was hardly a winter of discontent went by, whereby you had to step past braziers and everything else, and people picketing. Did you go on strike? Um, we did. It's, they, they, they were fairly <coughs> quick, most of the strikes. What, in the ad break? Yeah, sometimes in an ad No, sometimes you would actually have the people who were driving the programmes, who worked for, for Bechtu, who were separate from, from the way they are now, uh, actually not, not talking to you. So people you work with one day, the next day you come in, they weren't talking to you. Well, you mean they weren't talking to you while you were on air? They, they, were, they weren't driving the programmes. Oh, I see. They were you'd, outside. You'd have the, the management card. down driving the programmes right. because the engineers had walked out. And in fact, the man who was looking after the engineers here went on to TVAM and caused them to go out on strike. That's all he was interested in doing. Strikes. Strikes. You know, can't do that, can't do this. They had a system which was very odd in those days, and there'd be a lot of people who identify with it. If you were called in at short notice as an engineer, the shorter time you were called in to cover a shift, the more money you earned. So, in other words, what they would do is they had a system, the engineers, of leaving it till the last minute to call somebody out. So what they'd do is they, they'd phone them. They always used to deny this, but we knew it happened. They, they would leave it till the last minute, so they would get sometimes four times their normal rate. Yes. Yeah. So they would call somebody out. And it happened at TVAM... I think sometimes some of the electricians were earning, I think it was 24 times their salary. Because they left it to the last I minute. I think somebody earned £60,000 in one week. What, for being, being an electrician? For, for being an electrician at, at uh, TVAM. But th- that, they did go on strike, didn't they? And there was nothing. It was, oh, yeah. I remember the blank Same man who brought LBC's engineers out on strike. Interesting. So John Perkins has probably got loads of stories, but he won't have time today because he's looking at the uh, papers. They're going to be talking about who's uh, come out best after an extraordinary week. Brown, the soldier's mum or the son. I think, strange enough, Gordon Brown. I do too. I think, I think Gordon Brown. I think the letter... Mm. thing was ridiculous. I think the sun did themselves no favours whatsoever. No. Blew that all out of yes. proportion and it was absolutely absurd. And to have it and then to have the telephone conversation recorded. Yes. Why would that you he do underhanded. That? And Very for what reason? Nothing. Nothing. It just made a... the woman look, you know, yeah. a little bit desperate. It did, actually, yes. It didn't, and, didn't come uh, over well. Sorry about her son, and I'm, I really am about anybody who's killed in Afghanistan. Yeah. But that was absurd. Yeah. I'm sure he's got a lot better things to do than to start worrying about whether... I think it was rather kind of him to actually write a handwritten note for a man that's so busy. Yes, I think so. And also, Jane's James. It's an yes. easy mistake to make. Absolutely. Easy mistake. In fact, I've got a client at the moment, and her name is Joan. But it's, and you assume well, it's Joan James. Well, actually, very, very near that, but oh, I right. won't say the surname. Right. But, but her name is, is, is J-O-N-E. Now, J-O-N- unless... That's J-O-N-E? A, that's her first name, Joan. J-O-N-E. Good Lord. Is she dyslexic? No. Her mother gave her the name. What, Joan? J-O-N-E? J-O-N-E. I've got an Auntie Joan. Who lives in Bracknell. She's not J-O-N-E. You've also got an Auntie Enid. I've got an Auntie Enid as well. I mean, she admittedly is quite balmy mad, I'm afraid. <laughs> I think she started... St- Do you know, I went... Oh, laugh. I go to Marks and Spencer's yesterday, and I thought to myself, ah, they've got turkey gravy in. I'll buy it now. It's in the Christmas packaging. Yes. What was the sell-by date? The 16th of November. 
Yeah, but you sure it's not 2010? No. This, 2009. This year, turkey mm. gravy. And I thought, what's the point of having turkey gravy on sale now? Because you might have a bit of turkey. Well, that's also, stupid. Well, hang on a minute. It's in the Christmas packaging. Don't, haven't you ever been to someone's, you know, someone might be going on holiday for Christmas. No. And so they say, look, we're having our Christmas on the 16th of November. There's well, also their balmy madden should be reported to the police. Thanksgiving is coming up. In within a week or so? Well, I don't know any Americans. Well, you... But there are Americans living here, you Where? know. Where? They go out and get living turkey. Living here? And they but like a nice bit American? of gravy. Alex who? Alex... No, Alex Madhavi. He's not. He's, he's everything. From, he's he's Libyan, Boston. American. He's got, he's got so many different passports. He must spend most of his time in customs, I should imagine. I I've never custody. known a man with so many, cu- <laughs> with so many passports. It's not normal. <laughs> yeah, I bet he's he going to have a Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, look, Steve, dinner. I'm French. Oh, look, Steve, I'm Libyan. Oh, look, Steve, I'm, I've, I've never seen like it. He must be printing them. Anyway, I must thank Sue Osborne. Sue Osborne um, makes cakes. Really? She does actually make cakes. She says, I know you like a bit of a nibble. So it she sent me. Which, uh, she didn't make those, <laughs> but uh, they, we talked the other day about Garson's, which is one of these farm shops, but they do Christmas decorations and everything else, and they supply cakes to them. So she sent me in a trial. Okay. This is a mulled wine tea bread. Have you ever heard of that? No, but that would be lovely. You smell that? I love mulled wine. This, this is through the through the wrapping. Oh my goodness me! It weighs a ton. It does, isn't it? Very expensive mulled wine. That, oh, that's delicious. Doesn't that smell good? Mm. Doesn't that smell good? Oh, that, what is it? It's like a cin- lots of cinnamon in there. Yeah, yeah. But what they do, she's also sent me some, because I can't eat any of this stuff, Sue, as you know, uh, <laughs> mince pies, but everything is handmade. They're made in... Um, the packaging. Sorry? The packaging on this is lovely. Yeah. They actually come from um, Sussex. From Sussex. From rural West Sussex. Which is lovely. Mince pies, all handmade, hand-cut, hand-filled, topped and dusted. How cool is that? How oh, wonderful. I'm going to give them to the producer, actually, because she likes things. Oh, no, well, you can't eat them because they're not vegetarian. Oh, is... sadly, she can't eat those. What a shame. I'm just checking. No, she really can't eat them, I'm afraid, so we'll have to give them to other people. This is vegetarian. Is it? Well, this the cake one, is. the mulled wine tea bread, that is perfectly okay. There's is not... it? There's nothing in here. Oh, right. A little bit of sugar. Well, I t- Oh, she can't eat sugar. Sadly, she can't have sugar at all Are for you Christmas. Okay with eggs? She's no, she can't eat eggs You're either. Okay with eggs? No. So, Sue Osborne, thank you very much indeed. From Farmhouse Cooker. Well, I'll tell lovely. you what then, John, if, 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 we, if we give that to Amanda, yes. £6. Okay, if you have that, you can have that for them. Just give me the money. And then you, you can have the mince pies. Okay, that's okay. very kind of you. And I have to be honest, we did actually try one of the mince pies earlier on with Jim Diamond, who was reading news overnight. They are particularly nice. Okay, because they're all handmade. Yeah, they look lovely. Nice, Dusted. Okay. Yeah. Dusted. I'm still waiting nice for the film. Sorry? Set me up for the day, really. Do you know, those warmed in the oven with a nice cup of tea, or perhaps a mulled wine. <laughs> a glass of my wine. A copy of The Bishop's Wife. And what about a nice bit of cream on them? Little, a little, quite a good double. Extra thick double Extra cream. Extra thick double. Mm. And then you can, you can, what a lovely day. And if Hugh Broom brings out the Broom Farmhouse range, you <laughs> know, then, you know, he'll be Is bringing... Is a new range of clothing he's going to do? I don't know. He's got had to get the mud clothes. off your boots. No, he, 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 there's, I've never seen it. I don't think he lives on a farm at all. I've never seen mud on his boots once. He could live in a city farm. No, no, he, he, he's out in the countryside. Is he? Yeah, well, so he tells us. Essex? Well, I, don't, I think it's a model village in Beaconsfield, to be honest with you. I don't think it's a proper farm at all. I think it's about <laughs> two foot by two foot, <laughs> which there's, is exciting. There's a story in the paper that, yesterday about the man who fell into the Thames. Fell in. Yes, did you not, have you not read this story? No. It's in all the papers, l- 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 last night's edition. A man was, it was right by the West, by, by Parliament, and there's fair there pictures of him. Well, he jumped in. Oh, but, but there's a difference. There is a, there is a difference. Yeah. And he was rescued by the, the Royal National Lifeboat Institution on a, on a dinghy, because they were watching. But he'd been there 
from 11.20 in the morning, and he finally jumped about four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it's a big decision. Well, it is a big decision, but I don't think he was trying to kill himself. I, People I got standing around the Thames once. Oh, I've been in the Thames as well. I got thrown in by the police. I'm not surprised. The police. I was doing a charitable event for the police, and being my usual Mickey-taking self, was having a laugh about overweight policemen and things like that. And we were doing it at one of the basins up the Thames. And uh, to cut a long story short, at the end of it, they decided it'd be very funny to pick me up bodily and go one, two, <laughs> three, and throw me in. Threw you in. And I'm going, my wallet, my watch. <laughs> I got quite panic-stricken. Quite panic-stricken. But in the end, I went in. So, uh, not so good. All right, listen, very, very quick break. Back in a second. LBC 97.3. Today. What happened? No, you came third. Oh, it's not too bad. No, no, th- no, I'm sorry. We're in the process of winning things here. <laughs> Third is no use at all. And I would have given you one of Farmhouse Cookery's special mince pies. Mm. But sadly... Save me one for Monday. I'm feeling no, confident. Sorry, they, 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 so well, they've gone to somebody else. Oh, dear. So, but, uh, but luckily, Alex had... Another winner. Oh. That is his third winner in a row. Goodness. Casmina uh, won at seven to two, mm. gave him a profit of seven pounds. His total loss is six pounds thirty-four. Your Dr. Robert came third. You lost two pounds. You're now seventy-one pounds sixty-six. Okay. So we need to change this quite quickly. Yeah. Now, generally on a Friday, we get winners. So my fingers are crossed today. The 405 at Cheltenham for Alex with Ashkazar. Ashkazar. And you have? The 225 at Cheltenham with French Opera. French opera. And you, you, have, you have hopes for this? Yes, very high hopes. Right. I like the sound of French opera. You like the sound of that? It's got a good feeling. Okay, it gets, gets du- double voting, and if it wins, mince pie on Monday. Excellent. All right, have a nice weekend. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Katie Radley. Uh, 25 to uh, 7. Earlier on, uh, we went down to Old Spitalfields Market. Uh, there are several hundred people sleeping rough down there to raise money and awareness for Centrepoint, the young people's homeless charity. LBC's reporter Declan Harvey. Last time we spoke to him, cold and hard, if you sleep on the, uh, the ground. And, uh, and luckily, some people have actually got awake now, which is always good news, because the last time we spoke to him, everybody was fast asleep. But then they put the lights up and people have started waking up, which is good news, Declan. Yes, people have uh, started to wake up here. I'm delighted to say I'm uh, kneeling on a loose woman's bed. And uh, it's not often I can uh, say that first thing in the morning. I'm uh, joined by Lisa Maxwell, who's uh, been sleeping out. How are you feeling, first of all? I'm not feeling very loose. Um, My voice has gone down about 20 octaves. Um, I'm feeling very stiff because as, as much as I put lots of cardboard and layers on the floor, you know, sleeping on the pavement's quite tough on 40 something bones. Well, lots of people will be waking up from their soft, um, kind of uh, feathered beds. So do you want to explain to them what we've been doing here all night? Just the thought of that makes me feel sick. Um, what we've been doing here tonight is uh, we uh, about 250 of us slept um, out for Centrepoint to raise awareness and money. So we've all been sponsored to do this. Um, just to kind of get a tiny insight into what it might be like for the young people that are that for, unfortunately for them this is a reality um, and especially this time of the year when it gets colder and colder and um, and it was really quite disturbing actually because um, as much as you, you, you have all your layers to keep you warm and you know we've, I came down with my girlfriend and we're very organised and we've got you know um, eye things that you have on the aeroplane so you can't see the lights and I had earplugs in and she had her iPod and everything it's still really a, a, a a strange, scary feeling because all your senses are numbed. We had a bit to drink last night as well just to take the edge off the pain of it. Um, but you're still aware of some that you're very vulnerable and you can hear 
outside of where we were sleeping, like screams and, you know, strange sounds that because you're kind of disorientated, I can't even form a sentence at the moment because <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to be speaking given that um, I've had very little sleep. But uh, it's it was it's quite frightening and surreal and... And um, I can't wait to, to get home, to be honest with you. Well, what's, finally, what's the message that you want this event to kind of send out to people who, uh, who weren't here? Well, if anything, just to make people think every time they see somebody in the street, a young person that's homeless, it's not, it's not an unidentifiable you know, pile of clothes in a doorway. It's, it's, it could be a relative of ours. It could, it could so easily happen to somebody we know. It's not, they're not different to us. They're the same people. And I, you know, just by, by being able to talk to people like yourself and, and, and explain what, what, it, what it might be like for somebody that's homeless, perhaps next time they walk past the doorway, they won't just ignore somebody. Then they're, they're almost like an invisible society, really. And just consider them, think about them, especially this time of the year when we're all, you know, fairly indulgent with Christmas and we've, you know, we've got somewhere warm and, and comfy and safe to sleep. Just think about those that don't have that as an option. Thank you very much. Well, uh, Lisa, I feel sorry for you that you've only had a couple of hours sleep. That's uh, much more than I've had tonight, but thank you very much indeed. Okay, Steve, it's over to you. Declan, thanks for that. Well done for staying awake for so long. Uh, he'll be back with us on LBC, I think, with, uh, with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7. Our reporter, Declan Harvey, down there in Old, Old Spitalfields Market. Poor soul. I'm saying he's the only one who's not had any sleep. I know, poor thing. I know. Can he can have a nice lay in this afternoon. He can. Snuggle up under a nice duvet. Louise says, I'm hoping to travel to New York and Las Vegas this Christmas and New Year. Uh, you, you better book soon because everybody books these flights up yes, very quickly. Do. Vegas, very pot. There's a team from here have gone over to Vegas at the moment. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, I noticed Matt Goss is performing in Vegas for $20 a ticket. <laughs> and, and I was going to say that much. I would have thought, actually, he'd be sort of standing outside the hotel. But he's only doing what they call, he's doing one of the lounges. Well, which that's doesn't... quite... They're, they're, they're very cheap to go into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're almost, you know, people sort of sit there and they go, uh, who is it? Matt Goss. Who? Well, Matt he's a lounge Goss. singer. Yeah. Just, it's, it's a small audience. Yes. I hope he stays sober for it. <laughs> he's yeah, dreadful when he's drunk. Soon. I'll tell you what the problem with that is. Getting back. Getting back? Mm. What, everybody... what, the money? <laughs> no, not, for ma- not to see Matt Even the producer Ross. wouldn't have spent $20 on a ticket for him at all. I don't think you would. Put it this way, he's not known over here now. Why on earth he'd be known in Vegas? I've got no idea. Isn't he the one that's in, the f- in a couple of films? No, it's that's Matt... Luke. Oh, it's Luke, is yes, it? Yes, Matt. Ah. Matt was the, uh, the foul-mouthed one who turned up at LBC. You remember? You a lot. The one who was really a big fan of Steve yes, Allen. big really fan big of Steve fan. Allen. If, oh, do you know, if we'd recorded that conversation, we could have made a mint out of it. You could have played you it. Never, you couldn't play in it. In Vegas. You couldn't play it because it was just unintelligible filth. You've it, never... Like, classic line, nobody messes with the Goss brothers. Oh, <laughs> wusses. <laughs> Did you feel Scared that from boy. a film called The Cries? I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> I Cries, really don't. Change the name. But Louise is hoping to see Bette Midler and Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, Bette Midler's on at the moment. And yeah. Cher as well. They sort of alternate. I wouldn't want to see Cher. Michael Cohen, Black Cohen. I she want to can, see that. She no. can't move her mouth like she that. She can't, can she? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was quite animated. Absolutely not. You were very animated. <laughs> I have seen Bette Midler, though, and I've seen Cher as well. Cher is good. Yeah. Spectacular. No, I wouldn't want to see Cher. No, Elton John? No. No, no. Wouldn't want to, no. Times. It's a strange thing, actually. I don't know who I would want to see in Vegas. In, in Vegas. I'd rather go and see O. The Cirque du Soleil Cirque thing. du Soleil. That would be amazing. Yes, I'd like, yes. Th- things like that are quite good. And the Blue Man Group. 
They're still on, I think. Are they? They're good. All right. Okay. Very, very good. Uh, Richard said, yes, it was uh, mentioned that Sabrina was going into the jungle. Sabrina was the one who sang Boys, Boys, Boys. Actually, that was Sabrina Salerno, who is white and Spanish. The Sabrina going into the jungle is Sabrina Washington from the group Mystique, who's black and British. Yes, she's black and bit, British. Bit of a difference there, Richard. Thank you for that one. Yes, I didn't know. I remember the boys, boys, boys. So we got that wrong yesterday. Yes. So I didn't get it wrong. It was... Yeah, we got Sabrina's mixed up. One being white and one being black. You know, bit of a difference there. There is a slight difference. The one who had boys, boys, boys is white, and the Sabrina in the jungle is black. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the difference with them now. But uh, we did make a little bit of a mistake there. Dan says, what have you done to the weather? Off now for the wet weekend, so off to a friend's wedding tomorrow. With this rain, is it, it's not raining, is it, outside? It was raining when I came in. Really? Actually, we do need the rain. Oh, I love it. So we mustn't, we mustn't mm. knock it. We yeah, it's not much that fun much if people rain. are sleeping out in the rain. No, 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 not much fun for those people at all. But it is warm rain, by the way. It's not cold. It's, it's winter. What do you mean warm it rain? It is. It's not cold out there. I, I told you I took half all my clothes off as I was coming up the stairs. Well, well, Declan earlier on was telling us how freezing it was out there. He's, he's got three different jumpers, a vest on, yes. extra socks. But there is, a, there is a reason for that, because he's lying still. And therefore, he's not pumping any blood around his body. That's why oh, right. it gets colder. It? Yeah, you, you've got to keep moving, haven't you? That's why we get cold in the night sometimes, because yes. our blood's not flowing. Conrad says, good to know your wallet didn't drag you down when you were thrown into the Thames. <laughs> Listen, I made sure somebody hung onto my wallet. He only carries notes, anyway. Only carry notes. £50 notes. Only carry £50 notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Give your people through the night. <laughs> what do you think of Robert Pattinson? Sorry? What do you think of Robert Pattinson? Not a lot. I mean, it's a phenomenal, you know, his yeah. fame. He's only done that one film, Twilight. He got mobbed in Leicester Square. Absolutely mobbed. Everywhere mobbed. he goes, he cannot even come out of hotel rooms. Mm. But have you seen the film, Twilight? No, not interested. It's not bad, actually. Mm. I watched it under sort of protest, really. I thought, yeah. this is not my film. It's a film for ten-year-olds. But it's actually quite good. Yeah. You're not watching True Blood, are you, on television? No. Also about vampires. No, not remotely interested in vampire <laughs> films. <laughs> Very good. Jennifer says, where do you pluck these fairy stories from? Electrician earning 60000 in a week. It was, uh, check it out on the internet. It's uh, TVAM, and it's because he was earning 24 times his salary. So it's just you climb back into bed, you sad old whatever you are. <laughs> 16 to 7. This is LBC 97.3. OK, mate, you look like you know how to wash up. Start on Monday, right? Hiring migrant workers who aren't entitled to work in the UK is illegal. If you're caught, you could be fined £10,000 per week. Steve Allen to celebrate the release. <laughs> Of 2012. I love that voiceover. I just love the voice. 2012. Fabulous, isn't it? The new film from the director, Roland Emmerich. The director who brought you Independence Day and Day After Tomorrow, LBC 97.3, are giving you the opportunity to win some fantastic prizes. This apocalyptic sci-fi thriller is in cinemas from November 13th, which is today, and stars John Cusack. Go to lbc.co.uk to register your details to win your perfect last day on Earth. Now, it could either be uh, going to the Monte Carlo Grand Prix, dining on the Orient Express, or learning to fly a jet for the day. Entries close at 2012 each day, which is 12 minutes past eight. Okay. We like that. Nice. The use of 2012. 2012. Because it's not the year, mm. it's the date. It's the date. Yes, the 20th of December, 2012. Right. In the film. Oh. Because a lot of people think that. Isn't it the year 2012? It's the date. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh. Well, there you go. I'm being very contrary. Yeah, it is the date. It is the date. And the year. And the year as well. It's the 20th of the 12th, 2012. Right. Oh, God, we live that long. It'd be awful, a, wouldn't it? If it's all, all of a sudden. It's the end of the world, isn't it? Leicester Square opens up and swallows that ghastly fountain in the middle. I mean, I'd be <laughs> so happy. Because I've never seen the blooming thing working apart from twice. What, the one in Leicester Square? Yeah, and then Why they have a fil- film premiere and everything's boarded over again. Well, of course. How yeah. much for this? 
How much for this food? One beef in black bean sauce, one chicken chow mein, one sweet and sour chicken, one battered chicken balls, one egg fried rice to share, two vegetable stream rolls, one prawn crackers, one sweet chilli dip. How much? It's... No. Producer got £45. I mean, she's off with the pixie. She's only gauging out how much cat food costs. <laughs> so she's thinking of having all of that. You mean rip off cat food? Rip off cat food. Yeah. yeah, your cat really needs this to live. Not Ooh. Phoenix. Rip off cat food. So beef and black bean sauce, chicken chow mein, one sweet and sour chicken, battered chicken balls, egg fried rice to share, two vegetable string rolls, one prawn crackers, one sweet chilli dip. £23. £23. No. I can sell it to you today in Asda for... Four pounds. Oh, I see. That's their meal deal today. Oh, right, that's really Four cheap. pounds. You couldn't make it for four pounds. No, you couldn't. It must be a loss leader. I'm thinking about takeaway. That's how much that would cost if you were Oh, if you were doing takeaway, away, yeah. Do 23 There's quid. something about takeaway, isn't it? There's something... I bet you're thinking at the moment, ladies and gentlemen, I could just eat a takeaway. I could just eat a takeaway now. I could just eat... I could just eat some... I, t- I used what, to like char suey pork, which is pork, sliced pork. It's not much used for vegetarians, but, I mean, great for us meat eaters. <laughs> and that with uh, bean sprouts with, with a garlic sauce and over the duck. It. Yeah, the duck I quite like. I, I did... You only quite like it. The duck with the plum sauce and yes. you wrap it all up. I did do one the up. other week. What, I could takeaway? No, no, I, How I, often I bought... do you have takeaway? Sorry, I don't have takeaway very no, often. No, I never have it. No, hard... I used to have a lot, but I hardly no. do it at all now. No. I did have I'm fish a good boy, chips I am. on Wednesday. Did you? Oh. From the fish shop. If only I could eat Lovely fish and chips. Cod. Yeah. And chips. And the other day, beans. I was telling people about a story of a couple who were going out, and what they were doing is the wife was distracting somebody at the counter, the man was pinching the poppy tin and putting it into the baby's buggy. I'm delighted to say they've arrested two people. I said it wouldn't take them long, and I'm delighted that they have a man and woman in custody. Loads of people phoned with who they were. Thieving old so-and-sos. Good. And there's another one here in the paper. This is a vile mother of six who used her son... Sorry, a m- mother whose six-year-old son was taught to steal poppy tins. And um, this tiny lad inched the plastic collecting tin along the shop counter so mum could stuff it in her bag. Luckily, there's a picture of her in the paper. They will find you, and I hope you go to prison, especially this other thieving pair. Absolutely Even appalling. worse, I spoke to somebody the other day, and she said when they go around collecting in pubs, somebody had put broken glass into the collecting tin. Somebody put, when they emptied the collecting tin out, there was broken glass in there. What sort of filth does something like that? It just makes me, oof, apoplectic. We know there's some pretty stupid people out there. But, uh, you know, that, that has to be the lowest of the low. Somebody sent me a lovely picture of, um, of John and Edward. Oh, have yes. You, have you seen it? Yes, you can't see it. Look, the early years. Oh, yeah. It's actually it. a baby picture, but they, they've spiked their hair up. Actually, which... I had a, a joke sent to my phone last night, actually, about John and Edward. And was that the one with the mother with... Yes. I yes. Could, we couldn't possibly repeat it Well, I was going to repeat it on the program. You, you can't. Mind? Really? Oh, you can't. I Come know, on. But, but it was very, very funny. It was actually. very, very funny. Yes, it was. Uh, Steve, where, where can I get tickets for Share? Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, okay, I'd like to Las pop Vegas. out there, go and get them in in Las Vegas. First of all, you have to check <laughs> that uh, that she's on because you, she's not on all the time, mm. and she does. You know, Bette Midler's on, and then Share takes over, and so there. It's all. It's been going on. It's all going on for about two years. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Steve, I can't believe a fellow Irishman complaining about the cold. He's been away from the homeland too long. Is that, why? It's not cold in Ireland, is it? No. No. It's damp. Damp. Ireland never gets cold. I've never been. Born on St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day boy, never been. Ireland is stunning. Mm. One of the most beautiful, beautiful places in the world. I know. Absolutely stunning. I must stunning. go. One of these days Green. I shall go. I should be invited. 
green and lush. And if you go to the western part of Ireland, because they're warmed by the Gulf Stream, mm. palm trees over the cliffs of Derry. It's wonderful. Palm trees over the cliffs? <laughs> yeah, absolutely stunning. Incredible. What are you on this morning? Everybody's yeah, like gone quite balmy today. Now here's a nice story for you, though. I've got enough time. Yes, you have. It's a very quickie. Men should urinate. Well, how, 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 how quick is it? Very quick. Is it fairly lengthy? Or very quick. quick. What, more than a quick, minute? Quick, Less quick, than a minute. Quick, 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 shut up. All right. Men should urinate on their compost heaps to help fertilise their gardens and save on flushing the lavatory. This is from the National Trust, and it's in today's Telegraph. And it's quite interesting because I was on the bus last night and I did see someone nip into someone's garden... And we on their bonfire. Because we were stuck in traffic jam. And I went, that boy's going to have a wee. a dreadful time yesterday, halfway through the programme, about this over-urging need to go to... And, of course, all I get from it, you can't go to the toilet. Where are you going? And, of course, there is the very famous celebrity who worked on LBC doing a phone-in programme some years ago. John Perkins might, might remember this one. And this very, very famous celebrity said to the producer, I need to go to the toilet. He was presenting a, a programme for us. And the producer looked at his watch and said, well, you, we don't have any time. Uh, for you to go to the toilet. There, you should have been before the programme. I really don't, because we've got the news coming up and everything else. And so this very famous celebrity moved the waste paper basket in underneath him, mm. went to the toilet in the waste paper basket, and that was it. How sensible. Oh, right. You've got to go. Yes. You've got to go. It is true. If you've got to go, you've you got to go. go and we you? have to go as well. So, John Perkins will be doing the papers this morning. He's got more stories about LBC and IRN than uh, probably anybody living today. Apart from me as well. Listen, I'm back with you on Sunday. Martine McCutcheon is going to be our special guest in Fabulous. conversation, which will be lovely. She's got a new book out. She's very, very chatty. This will be one of the very few in conversations where the guest says more than the presenter. Very rare. <laughs> very rare. Very, very rare. She can but, chat, uh, though. She can chat for the country. So she'll be with us between 7 and 8 on Sunday morning. Then we'll have the programme. Hopefully we'll have a how low for you, a laptop or something like that. Don't forget to go to the LBC website. Learn how to podcast. Have a look at the pictures. They'll be going up shortly. I'll let you know exactly when the pictures of the presenters go up there. Are they up yet? No, you can go behind the scenes. They had 259 presenters to do or something like that. Have a great weekend. John, thank you very much indeed. My pleasure. After the news, Nick Ferrari right here on LBC. It was an ordinary morning when... (laughs) 